What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, fresh out of watching games one and two from the G League Ignite versus Metropolitans 92, which is obviously uh, the simpler way to put it <laughs> and the easiest way to say it, honestly. Uh, Scoot Henderson versus Victor Wembenyama, uh, more of a one-part series in terms of their matchup. Uh, and obviously, because Scoot Henderson was injured. Uh, it didn't look like anything serious, although obviously it is precautionary uh, because it is a game that doesn't count. It's obviously a, a friendly matchup, right? Just like an exhibition game between the two teams. And we saw a lot of great things from both prospects. And, uh, you know, it's it, one of the prospects, obviously, in Victor Wembenyama is really one that we haven't seen before. You know, Scoot Henderson, more of a player that we're more familiar with, right? Like a freak athlete, guard, strong. Uh, doesn't mean that he won't be a great prospect. I mean, he's obviously projected to go one or two, which honestly, at this point, after these couple of games, and from what you see on YouTube from Victor Wembenyama growing up and just what he's doing now, obviously, it's kind of a one-man race if you ask around. Um, and the hype certainly would suggest that. But uh, I also want to talk about on this episode, obviously, just my thoughts on both prospects, uh, what I'm seeing around the league. We get some crazy, crazy leaked footage of a video between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, which you guys are probably already aware of. It's all over the place. Uh, but without getting too distracted about anything else, let's get right into it. So obviously, guys, <laughs> it was a fun, fun first game between the G League Ignite and Metropolitans 92, which I'm just going to call them Mets 92, which is obviously the short form and it's on their jersey. Uh, I'm going to start off as I did with the Summer League games when I was covering those on this pod. And we'll start with the box score, right? Just these are just disgusting numbers like for people that didn't watch the game and just read the box score, <laughs> this looks like NBA 2K stats. Okay, like, let me just read you them here for Victor Wembenyama, right? Oh, by the way, before I even read that, guys, was I the only person that was so annoyed by the way that the broadcast team and the people interviewing him and just anyone that said his name on television calling him Victor Wembenyana? With an N, N for Nancy, in case you can't hear the pronunciation well over the headphones. It's Victor Wembenyama, guys, with an M, M for mama, okay? It's not that hard. Uh, they pay you guys to be prepared for this kind of stuff, and it's just really annoying to just... I, I know people aren't good with pronouncing names and things like that, but this is potentially the biggest prospect we've seen since LeBron which you're hearing all over the place that even a probably even a more hyped prospect than LeBron. Um, and, you know, you got to get the name right. I don't care. You know, it's not that hard of a name either. Victor Wembanyama. You know, if you want to say it like that, you know, it's it's really not that hard, guys. You know, get that right. Anyways, let's read the box score. So 32 minutes, right? And 11 for 20 from the field, 55%. 7 for 11 from 3, okay? 
that's 63.6% from three, which is outrageous. Okay. Eight for 12 from the free throw line, which, you know, uh, not, not great, you know, 66%, but man, he just, I'll get into that down the line. So four rebounds, one steal, five blocks, right? Just one turnover, five fouls though. Right. But you'll expect that from guys that come in and play under NBA rules or G League rules or whatever the rules were. And, you know, the fouls are a little, you know, the whistles are, are, are you hear them a lot in our game. Right. Uh, 37 points. Right. Uh, so let me read it to you in a line. 37 points, five blocks, one steal, four rebounds. Just just a crazy stat line. Right. Like what's crazy to me is the percentages, right? Seven for 11 from three and 11 for 20 from the field. Now I want to get into this part. That's Victor Wembenyama's stat line right now. I'm going to get into scoots, but this is what I want to say. Now, while I was watching uh, Victor play, it's so weird for me to say my own name, by the way, <laughs> like I just, ugh, it's whatever, it's fine. Um, but you know, what I was thinking about was, you know, this guy looks gassed. He looks tired. You know, I didn't know if it was maybe the pace, maybe <clears throat> the physicality or just a lot of possessions and things like that. And and he had an interview. I think the interview was either during game two of Mets 92 versus the G League Ignite or maybe it was during the Laker game. Uh, Lakers played the Minnesota Timberwolves and Victor Wembanyama was on the sideline and he was interviewed in the middle of the game. Uh, I think it was that interview, but I'm not quite sure. But anyways, he did mention actually that, and it didn't even cross my mind. I completely forgot about that. The The time international is shorter. The games are a little bit shorter, right? Uh, and he did talk about that in that interview. In one of those interviews, he did mention uh, playing a longer time period and having to kind of learn to pace himself, right? Which makes a lot of sense because I was thinking, man, this guy looks pretty out of shape, like not... Not in terms of how he looks physically, but like just the the performance, right? Like just kind of uh, took some time to get to get right, like kind of get involved. Um, three for five in the first quarter. I'm reading here one for two from three. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> seven points is still really good in one quarter. So let me look at the second quarter. This guy is like sneaky scoring, right? Like you don't really okay, yeah. So up here in the second quarter, zero for two from the field. Uh, zero didn't take any threes. Uh, two for four from the free throw line, uh, no rebounds. It doesn't look like, but yeah, so second quarter kind of quiet, you know, but then this is where he comes to life, you know, four for six from the field in the third quarter, three for four from the three point line. He goes to the free throw line, uh, eight, you know, he takes eight attempts there. So six for eight at, on the free throw line, uh, wow. 17 points in the third quarter. You know, it's bursts like that that just blew my mind, you know. Uh, we look at the fourth quarter here, four for seven from the field, three for five from three. You know, keeping his percentages high, 11 points in the fourth quarter. So, you know, he kind of eats himself into this game. And my thoughts were he knows the game was going to be longer. He knows the, the pace is probably going to be way, way faster. Uh, the attempts are going to be up. Uh, for both teams, and it's going to be a really back and forth, running up and down the court kind of game. So, you know, I definitely noticed that, and I was so happy 
to see. I, I always, I love when I, when I'm thinking something and then either a reporter asks it or, or a player mentions it afterwards, because then it, it, like I've always said, it confirms what I'm looking at, right? It gives me like a validation. Like I, I know what I'm seeing out there. I'm not crazy. And so he did mention that. So it, to me, it's almost like, you know, he's pacing himself, uh, probably talked with his trainers, with his team, kind of like, you know, uh, taking it easy, you know, kind of easing himself into the game and then and then kind of blowing up at the end, which he did. It was a huge game. Um, he stood out more than uh, Scoot Henderson in their in their matchups here. And so let's go to Scoot Henderson's stat line really quick. So let me go to the full game stat line. So Scoot Henderson, 11 for 21 from the field, right? 52%, two for three from three, which is 66%, good percentage, four for six from the free throw line, uh, not good, right? 66%, but uh, obviously, you know, a guy that attacks the basket uh, just <laughs> at, at all times, right? Like at any point that he wants to, he can get to the basket. Uh, five rebounds, nine assists, two steals, we have a couple of turnovers here, but just one foul, 28 points though. You know, so both of these guys had a really big game. And now that I read you the stats, I can get into, you know, how I feel about both prospects just from game one, right? So like I said, Victor Wembenyama just looked like a, just, just like a CGI'd human being in the game, right? Like, like just, I've heard a lot of different um, broadcasts, different uh, podcasts, different channels, different people talking about it because I kind of wanted to take in uh, everyone's perspective of what they just saw, <laughs> right? And everyone agrees on one thing here, and it's that unless you were there, <laughs> he didn't look real. <laughs> this guy looks like a just like just an unreal. I can't even describe. I've heard alien, I've heard unicorn, I've heard, uh, you know, made by the Russians, obviously in this case the French, uh, in a lab, you know, just, I've heard everything and I still can't even describe what it is that I'm looking at when I'm watching these games of his, you know, just towers over everyone, he's beating people down the court, he is super just coordinated, you know, for the, for the height that he is seven foot four, seven foot five, you know, super lanky, super athletic. It's, it's insane. Just, just what I am seeing. You know, I, I, a lot of people say, you know, we've never seen something like him before. Um, and while that may be true that we've never seen something like him before in a single player, I want to say that he is a combination of like a lot of people are saying he's he's a taller Kevin Durant because of the handles and the shooting and and obviously the height but i want to say this he is like play style wise right reminds me a lot of obviously KD because of just the body movement right he's he's quick for his size he's very coordinated right, for his size, but uh, KD more athletic, KD much quicker, uh, KD just, you know, just, a, just a, a better athlete, right, just more athletic than him, so I'm gonna say he is like, 
if I could get two players, right, and put them inside of like some some machine that generates players, I'm gonna use KD and Dirk Nowitzki, right? I think that I'm pretty safe uh, trying to recreate Victor Wembanyama in a lab, right? If I can only use two guys, and here's why, right? The turnarounds, the fadeaways, the leg up with the mid-range jumpers. And you can say, oh, that's KD too. But no, because KD is, you know, he's much quicker. He's more athletic. Uh, So obviously uh, Dirk Nowitzki, a little more slow-footed, not as athletic. He now, listen, Victor Wembanyama, far more athletic than Dirk, runs faster than Dirk, quicker than Dirk, uh, just more impressive than Dirk. But what I mean is just like, just that, that that's kind of that um that really slow and composed fadeaway jumper. I think KD is much quicker with his with his shooting, with his rip throughs when he attacks the basket. Um, but you know, a, a Dirk ish vibe, you know, with that turnaround fadeaway. It's like a slow turnaround fadeaway, but when he shoots it, it's like you can't get to him. You know, for some reason, it, it just it just reminded me a little more of Dirk Nowitzki than Kevin Durant. You know, obviously everything else, the handle package, being able to attack, being quick for his length, yes, that is similar to KD. Um, but, you know, that's that's my opinion. So this guy is just, you know, it's, it's amazing what he is going to do to just this next NBA season. He is going to, just by him existing and being available in the draft that's coming up, is just going to completely shape the NBA this season in a way that probably people wouldn't be able to think about, right? Like, there's going to be... We thought a couple of teams were going to be tanking this season. We can double that now, (laughs) okay? Like, we're hearing about, you know, the Pacers wanting to be competitive. That's not going to happen anymore. You know, this is... This is something that, you know, and everyone knew Victor Wembanyama was coming into the draft. This is no surprise. He was no secret. It's just that we see him on our soil, right? We see him here in person and against G League talent. Uh, Obviously, potential first uh, top pick, Scoot Henderson, you know, against him. And he lived up to the hype. And not only did he live up to the hype in these couple of games, he just completely exceeded expectations, right? And so that's going to shape the way a lot of these teams play out. There's going to be probably some trades, you know, teams kind of looking to get worse, um, you know, crazy things, you know, more teams tanking than what we thought, right? Like I said, so, you know, we get into the, one of his teammates here, right? You guys already know about this teammate. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard about it already. Uh, <laughs> just... I'm just going to let you guys hear this, and then I'll get into it. Oh, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't tweet at me. I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's the man. <laughs> so you heard, you heard Steve Ho, you fat, right? <laughs> Steve Ho, you fat, whatever. However you're supposed to say that name. It made every... Every highlight page, every YouTube channel, every podcast, this guy could not escape uh, just the limelight, right? Because because of the last name, you know. Um, hilarious, right? I, I know, I, I bet you guys knew this was coming. I mean, there's no way that I was going to talk about this game and not mention Steve Ho, you fat, <laughs> right? But 
Um, anyways, man, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know, this was mainly for people that maybe haven't heard it, you know, maybe not too in tune with uh, what's going on uh, <laughs> so far in the offseason. But anyways, uh, so, you know, Scoot Henderson, right? I want to talk about Scoot because I feel kind of bad. You know, this has been uh, just entire uh, content about Victor Wembenyama. It's all over ESPN. It's all over TNT. It's all over Fox. Like... You know, he's over over talked about, right? Like we get it. You know, he is like it's like a ninety nine point nine percent chance that this guy's gonna just get drafted number one overall, right? He showed us enough for teams to be like, okay, like <laughs> this is a guy we can't pass up on. Like when he turns around and fades away, what are we going to do if that shot falls, right? Do I think this guy's gonna shoot sixty percent from three? No, you know. I'm sorry about glossing over uh, Scoot, but I did want to get into this short part really quick about Victor Wembanyama. When he shoots, it may just be me, but I never feel like the shot's going in. You know, maybe it's because I'm just not used to seeing someone seven foot five jacking up shots. Um, but I just don't believe that the percentage is going to be high like that. You know, he, he's shooting like 60, 70% from three, man. You know, obviously those numbers will come back to earth in NBA defense, you know, some schemes, some smart team defense. Um, do I think he's going to shoot 40% from three? I mean, it's totally possible, right? Elite, like above, obviously elite three-point shooting, 40%. So, yes, I think that'll be the case. But, you know, for some reason, something about the way he shoots, I just never think it's going in. And obviously I was wrong those two games. But it, just a side note about that. I, you know, the jumper looks kind of weird, but... It's, it's probably because, you know, it just looks weird. He's just so tall, so long, so it's such a big dude that it's just, I guess it's going to look weird no matter what. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Scoot Henderson, it's funny that I was saying that he kind of gets glossed over because it's Victor Wembanyama, and then I glossed over him <laughs> to talk about Victor. But regardless, right, so, you know, I think that the reason why Scoot Henderson isn't making as many headlines as Victor Wembanyama, and it's pretty obvious. It's because, you know, he's not seven foot doing those things, right? He is a typical guard with elite athleticism, right? Just elite, I want to say, yeah, elite athleticism, just elite ball handling, elite finishing ability. This is a guy that can play right now in the NBA, you know, but he's not someone we haven't seen before. You know, we're getting comparisons. Like, I've heard the Kobe comparison because of the freakish athleticism and the mentality to attack, 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 not be afraid, challenge bigs like he was challenging Victor Wembenyama, finishing around him, showing some English, showing control. You know, he has great body control. He's really strong. He's he he's really low to the ground when he's attacking, and then he just explodes, and he's like just amazing vertical up in the air, right? When he's dunking, um, I love when he just cradles the ball, picks it up with one hand on the way up, and just just those one-handed dunks. They just look so controlled and elite. And man, this is a guy that hopefully, you know, if he stays healthy, I think this is a guy that can definitely win a dunk contest. It's probably several, right? Like, I could see him winning back-to-back -back dunk contests um, just because of just his body control, right? It's not a struggle for him to get up and dunk the ball. So, 
and the shot is is coming, right? It's coming. He's talked about his jumper has improved, and I definitely saw that when I was watching his game. You know, he didn't take that many threes, but, you know, his little pull-up mid-range shots, they look under control. He looks like he is ready. He's picking his spots. He may be a little bit, you know, kind of forcing things. That could be due to the hype of this matchup. You know, him wanting to prove a point of like, hey, you know, I'm here too. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm also projected to go number one. And I'm gonna prove that there's a debate here. It's not a it's not a uh this is only Victor Wembenyama going number one, which teams you listen, Scoot Henderson could have dropped fifty and it wouldn't have changed the hype, in my opinion. Just because people would have just tallied it up to, oh, it's Mets ninety two. You know, it's some international team and he's just a freak athlete, and he's just dominating them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of like a... It was, it was already, like, set up for him to fail in terms of uh, beating the Victor Wembenyama hype, right? Like, I feel like no matter what he could have done, if this was Victor Wembenyama's stat line and this is how Victor Wembenyama performed, no matter what Scoot Henderson did, I don't think it, it would have ever kind of, like, surpassed the Victor Wembenyama hype. Um, it's just how I feel. I feel like it's it's he's just that high ceiling, like he like just the Victor Wembanyama ceiling is ridiculous, right? And we've seen a guy like Scoot, so that that plays a that plays a role in our in our just the way we see it, right? The way we just watch these games, and so we go to game two, right? And Scoot Henderson bumps knees with Victor Wembanyama. It's like four to five minutes into the game. And it's unfortunate, you know, and when I saw the collision, I thought to myself, this is a game that doesn't matter. It doesn't count. There's going to be many more where we can watch Scoot Henderson. They are, they would be smart to shut him down, you know, even if it didn't look too crazy, but it's, it's knee to knee, or in this case, it was like knee to shin <laughs> because Victor Obanyama is so tall that, you know, Scoot's knee, I think the knee hit his knee, but. You know what I'm saying? Victor's like 7'5", and, you know, he probably hit his shin. But nonetheless, you know, obviously it was a little bang-bang play, and they just shut him down for the rest of the game. Now, I'm hearing rumors that they might shut him down for, like, the rest of the season. I don't think that's true. You know, I, I definitely don't believe that. I think that that's just BS rumors. People overreacting, you know, it didn't... I'm not... I would never sit here and say that the injury was nothing. Like, I'm not going to say that as a, as a fact, you know, but if you go back and watch that, that collision, it wasn't like high speed collision. It was a collision. They bumped, they bumped knees and knee to shin, whatever that is. But, but it wasn't like, you know, like he was like screaming in pain. You know, he kind of, he, he kind of patted uh, Victor Wimbenyama kind of on the back, you know, kind of like, you know, are you good type thing? Um, and he just kind of walked it off. You know what I mean? It didn't look like he was in a lot of pain. So that's what that's what I got out of it. But anyways, we get to game two, and obviously at this point, it's just going to be the Victor Wembenyama show, right? So obviously scouts probably are thinking, okay, we can put our full focus into Victor now. You know, we don't have to watch both prospects. Now we can kind of just watch one of these, right? And just put our full focus on these dudes, or on, uh, on Victor Wembenyama. So I'm going to say this about this game. And the last game too, not so much last game, but... Game two was, I was really pissed off in game two. Now, this is why, okay. 
the point guards, the wing players that are on Mets 92, they, I, I understand that they know that this game is heavily scouted and there's a lot of people watching this game. There's a million eyes on it. NBA, non-NBA, whatever it is, right? And they kind of, it, I just couldn't help but feel like these guys wanted to steal the show, right? The, and I'm talking about Victor Wembanyama's teammates. These dudes were just flat out running offense on the opposite side of the floor. Like if Victor Wembanyama was on one corner, they're they're just running offense on the other side. Like it was so strange to me. You know, this is obviously. You know, Victor Wembenyama's team, right? He is the star of the team. He's the go-to guy. He is the main attraction. He's the reason so many people are watching this game. Let's be honest. People are not watching this game to watch Metropolitan's 92 and maybe not even wanting to watch the G League Ignite. But nonetheless, here we are. We're watching it because of Victor Wembenyama. So these dudes are just flat out ball hogging, doing crazy stuff, just forcing things. It just looked to me like these guys just wanted some spotlight, right? They wanted some action. They wanted to show out. Um, and even to the point where like they couldn't even, even when they did try to get Victor Wimbenyama involved, the entry passes were awful, right? Like they couldn't make an entry pass to save their lives when 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 Victor Wimbenyama was in the post. They couldn't feed him properly. The balls kept getting poked away or or Victor would get fouled because they would try to intercept the pass. They're passing extremely low. Like they're doing these bounce passes to Victor Wembanyama, And it's like, dude, I'm not a professional basketball player, but even I can tell you, if there's a seven footer as your teammate, the last thing that they want is to have to get low to grab the ball. You know what I'm saying? You you want to throw it. You you want to give them the like the the most the easiest catch radius pass you can do, right? You don't want to make it hard for them to grab the ball. It's just unnecessary. And they kept trying to bounce pass it to him. You know what I'm saying? It was just a disaster. So he would lean over to try to grab it on the ground and he would get pushed over from behind and get fouled or, or it would just get stolen and it would go on a transition play, right? For the other team. So, you know, just watching that stuff, it was like, these guys just suck. Right, like they couldn't get him the ball um, to the point where I could see the body language from from Victor Wembanyama. Like he would grab a rebound, and he would like he would like sigh, right, like just a big sigh of relief, <laughs> like oh, finally I have the ball. And I see the guards kind of like putting their hands up to kind of get it from him, like to kind of like like here, pass it over here, and he's just like looking down and just bringing it up himself. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, when you're playing 2K and like you're on these teams, they, they you get drafted to these teams initially on teams where they just don't pass you the ball. And then you finally grab like a loose ball or a rebound and you just go ham with it because you haven't seen it in like an hour. That's exactly the vibe that I saw when I was watching that game. Like this dude just brought it up himself, right? Didn't look left, didn't look right. Just line drive, set himself up in the post and then went for his attempts. Like that happened a lot. And it was obvious that he just wants the ball. You know, he was even kind of talking to teammates on the side, like, hey, you got to pass it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you can kind of read lips. You can kind of see him communicating with the guards, with the wings. You know, I mean, he's your best player. Why is he not getting touches? You know, and the only explanation for that to me is obviously these guys just want 
some spotlight, right? Because this is the probably the biggest game they'll ever play in their careers in terms of like how many scouts and the potential for for a, a an offer from a team or you know something like that. So you know that was annoying to watch. But obviously, second game he balled out. It was it was awesome. It was he is totally worth the hype. You know, um, Scoot Henderson unfortunately didn't play the rest of the game. Like I said. Um, but you know, I think at this point, no matter what Scoot does in the G League, I think that we've seen enough and social media is so behind Victor Wembanyama that this guy is going to go number one, most likely, obviously the boards are going to change the draft boards when the college season starts. Like I said, on, on the last pod, uh, when, you know, March madness comes around guys, values go up, but I don't think there's anyone out there that's going to surpass Victor Wembanyama on mock draft boards. Um, he's just that special. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, these games were awesome. Uh, I do want to get into the Draymond Green situation. It's really quick. Nothing too much to dive into because we know uh, we know the video. We saw it already. Everyone's probably seen it by now. Obviously, Draymond Green uh, <laughs> basically knocking out Jordan Poole um, in a practice. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that I was concerned about when I was doing the over-unders because I was thinking to myself, you know, obviously it's hard for a team to come back and and have that that fuel into the next season. But this is besides the point. Um, I, obviously, I talked about when I was breaking down the teams uh, of why to watch each one during that mini-series I did for you guys. I was talking about the Warriors having to make decisions in terms of contracts. Like, do they pay Wiggins? Do they pay Poole? Do they pay uh, Draymond Green? But this is like just ultimate tension. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. Like just on video, teammate just punching another one in a practice. He literally knocked him out. If you haven't seen the video, he literally knocked him out. It it looked crazy. I don't know. I don't know exactly the details about that. There's rumors, obviously, about like kind of like an argument between them. It could be about contracts. It could be about, I don't know, you know, maybe Jordan Poole's a little big headed because he knows the money's coming. Um, He's kind of a breakout guy. I don't know. I don't know what exactly that is, but obviously it's not good, you know, especially when it's all over the place. Now, knowing Draymond and and the Warriors, like they when whenever there's beef, it kind of gets swept under the rug. And they kind of play it out like, you know, oh, this is what championship teams do and, you know, whatever they want to feed everybody to kind of make it seem like it's all good. But I just want to say if if I was Jordan Poole and I got knocked out like that, <laughs> I don't think I could ever be cool with a dude like that ever again. That's just I don't know what the hell is going to happen after that. Um, this could be a disaster. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, He was on the pod. It's Mario. He was on the pod uh, a while ago. And, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, what should happen, you know, what, who the Warriors should keep, who they should pay. And obviously, you know, a lot of people think that Jordan Poole should be paid because he's a rising star and all this good stuff. But I, Mario and I agreed that Draymond, if they trade Draymond, Right. Or if they let him walk, which that's not going to happen. The, the Warriors can't be that stupid. They would have to either trade him or pay him. They're not going to let him walk for nothing. They need value. So if they do trade Draymond, I think we both agreed that 
it's the beginning of the end for the Warriors era, right? Like you can't, you can't trade a guy that's that important, right? Like defense aside, right? Obviously all defense guy, you know, just great defender. He basically guards one through five, super smart player, but helps facilitate offense. He's very important to this team, way more important than than some guy that's just going to get you buckets and not defend, which is Jordan Poole. Yes, Jordan Poole is skilled. He's good on offense, but he can't defend. He doesn't facilitate. He's not really high IQ in terms of defense. Um, You know, just a guy that's just like a one-dimensional player at this point. Um, To me, in terms of obviously potential, if I have to pay one or the other, just keeping potential in my head, obviously I'm paying Jordan Poole, but if you're the Warriors, I think you're going to have to bite the bullet if you have to decide on one of those two guys. And, you know, trade Jordan Poole while his value is as high as it's going to be. Um, because if you trade Draymond, that is just, they're, it's, it's a massive loss for the Warriors. Just, that's their lifeline. Like, that's their energy. That's their, like, the Lakers, they had Ron Artest. That's Draymond Green. Like, obviously to a less extent in terms of scoring. But just a guy that that's going to do the dirty work, that's going to talk, you know, trash to the other team. He's going to get in people's heads. He's going to get physical. He's going to guard the tough matchups like Dennis Rodman type. You know, he's just one of those guys. He's in that tier of the guy you need on your team to do the dirty stuff. You know, the Udonis Haslam, obviously better than Udonis Haslam. He's more skilled. You know, he facilitates offense. Udonis Haslam was kind of like, a, you know, does the dirty work, sets more screens, kind of like a similar guy. I'm talking about like, like in terms of just like the dog that they need on every team. Right, he fits that mold perfectly, and if they lose that guy, it could be the beginning of the end for them. And if you think I'm being dramatic, I mean, honestly, we'll see what happens if they do trade Draymond or let him go. Uh, remember what I'm saying here. I think that it's it, that team just won't have that that energy, that life that Draymond brings night in and night out. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, the next episode is going to come up shortly. Uh, obviously, like I said before, I have to attend a wedding tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. I've actually never been to a wedding, uh, so it'll be a cool experience for me. I'm going to be watching the Redeem Team documentary uh, either tonight or uh, you know sometime during the weekend where I find some time. And obviously, the next episode will be my reaction to that. It's going to be an emotional watch because obviously, if you haven't If you don't know by now, obviously Kobe is my favorite player of all time. And so I'm going to really enjoy watching that documentary. It's obviously peak Kobe, right? 2008. Um, So, you know, it's going to be awesome. Uh, But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.